Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'll be sharing some insights and practices today from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, uh, philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in the world today. Yoga is a familiar word for most everyone today, but not everyone's aware of its deep meaning of wholeness, oneness, union, our unity, bringing our attention and our awareness to rest consciously in our essential spiritual nature, to be restored to our original wholeness. And this means knowing the truth of what we are and then living in harmony with it. And today we have a very exciting topic to explore um, that has everything to do with how we live holistically um, and fulfill our potential as radiant healthy beings. Our topic is yoga therapy for holistic healing, how to take charge of your wellness every day. What do you think about when you hear the term yoga therapy? You know, what comes to your mind? Um, For some, of course, they have an idea that yoga in general is just about physical posture. So we're going to dispel that today and look at how that's part of something so much greater. And we're joined by John Kepner, Executive Director of the International Association of Yoga Therapists, and we'll be looking at a deeper understanding of what yoga therapy is and how it can help us refine and improve how we feel every day. John Kepner is an economist turned yoga teacher. He often lectures on yoga and yoga therapy and has co-taught the survey course on complementary and alternative medicine at the University of Arkansas Medical School. The International Association for Yoga Therapists website is iayt.org that's iayt.org and they have some wonderful conferences coming up so I encourage you to go to their site welcome John I'm so delighted uh, to be um, having this conversation with you this morning good morning I am too (laughs) great so before we dive into our dialogue let's just take a moment to center uh, as yoga would have us do Yoga teaches us that before we begin an activity, it is so useful to just pause for a moment. Pause for a moment to open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, to remember the truth of our being, one reality called by many names, 
is the source, the support, the substance of all that is. So right where we are right now, this divine essence is present within us, around us, between us. So let's just move our attention from the periphery of our awareness into the depths. And we can do this by following the breath in. As you breathe in, just feel that you're drawing your attention within. And as you breathe out, a deep exhale, letting go. So breathing in, bringing your attention within for a moment, touching the peace within you. Breathing out, letting go of stress. Within us all, there is the infinite ocean of peace, of bliss, of wisdom. And pausing like this in a simple way, just for a moment, helps us to connect to our deeper wisdom, our intuition, divine resources within us. And helps us touch that peace that emanates from our essence of being, pervades the mental field, the emotional nature, the physical body. As we touch this peace, let us now intend for it to overflow as a blessing in every encounter in our day to day. As our opening uh, remarks for the yoga hour uh, often remind us that yoga is the ultimate healing, remembering and being established in the awareness of oneness, the truth of our being, our connection with the source of all that is a healthy body, a clear mind, and balanced emotion is supportive of that awakening process, awakening to our own wholeness and our ability to live with purpose and clarity, to fulfill our dharma, uh, to be of service to others, to thrive in all ways. And the yoga tradition has so much to teach us about a holistic approach to health and healing. And yoga therapy is one way that the wisdom of yoga is being used today to help help people heal at all levels so they can bring their light uh, into the world and fulfill their divine destinies. And in many ways, I think it's fair to say that yoga has always been a therapy. Um, You know, we look to the roots of yoga and it's it's always been taught as a pathway of wholeness, um, being restored to the innate harmony of body, mind, and one's uh, essential self. And the methods that were discovered by the ancient rishis to uh, know that uh, divine self, the truth of our being, and then be able to live in harmony with it, um, really makes an adjustment that allows us to live healthy lives, health on all levels. And that's been around for centuries. Um, but today we see these ancient holistic methods being identified and in some ways refined and developed as a method for wellness and healing that can operate in many environments, including now the arenas of psychotherapy and medicine. So, John, I am so um, excited to hear um, what you can tell us about yoga therapy and this this growing field today. So, tell us what it is. <laughs> okay, let me give you two definitions of yoga therapy. One is from Krishnamacharya, and it's an orientation to practice. Okay, it's an orientation towards healing. And let me contrast that with an orientation that may be an athletic practice, okay, or an orientation for ordinary maintenance for regular people throughout their life, or an orientation towards spiritual practice. So think of those four different possible orientations where, of course, there's different gray areas between them, and you can certainly mix and match match them within an individual practice. 
Mm-hmm. I've always found it, found it helpful to think of it's an orientation to practice. Now, the second definition I want to give is from the, the IYT Standards Committee. When we started developing standards for the training of yoga therapists, we wanted to start with a, a definition that served uh, all of us, okay? Because there are many different approaches to yoga therapy as well as yoga itself. So that definition is yoga therapy is the, the process of empowering individuals to progress towards improved health and well-being through the practices and teachings of yoga. Okay, mm-hmm. See, It's non-dogmatic, non-lineage specific, but it's the process of empowering individuals to move towards improved health and well-being through yoga. Mm-hmm. So that's a, another good definition, at least in my view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems that... Um you know, of course, in many ways, um, like we're a yoga center in the tradition of Kriya Yoga. And, you know, that's really not so different, you know, from what we do. In fact, I would say it's not different at all. You know, we're, we're looking at how to certainly empower individuals to awaken, uh, spiritually, to, um, live holistically, to progress towards health and well-being, um, through the practices and teachings of yoga. So what what makes that difference between you know what what we would be doing in a yoga center for example like what we do teaching um yoga practices for health and well-being versus yoga therapy Well first let me say I'm glad there's not that much difference okay <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Me too <laughs> Cuz yoga therapy is only one arguably small part of yoga okay and one of our slogans, which is actually really important to me, is keeping the yoga in yoga therapy. Okay, That may sound silly, but it's actually really important because sometimes we're accused of medicalizing yoga. And mm-hmm. we don't want to do that. We, we want to keep the yoga in yoga therapy. That's the central pillar, if you will. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, back to your question. There's so many different approaches to yoga for because there's so many d- dimensions to yoga mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but let's let's try to be simple and pragmatic at least to start off with so a common application of yoga therapy might be for chronic low back pain okay mm-hmm. so your class will be a yoga class but will be aimed at in addition to everything else helping to reduce chronic low back pain Mm-hmm. Or what I did, the the bread and butter, if you will, of my yoga therapy practice for years was working one on one with people, and that was and back care was the number one disorder, if you will, that I worked with because it's mm-hmm. so ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. But and other, it's, and and it's so responsive to yoga. It's so responsive to yoga, mm-hmm. and our our medical system actually is not very good at taking care of chronic chronic low back pain. And in general, they're the first to admit it, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But yes. First, there are many other dimensions. I, I don't want to focus only on structural issues. There's physiological issues. There's uh, psychological issues. There's spiritual issues. All those other dimensions. So those are all important because they're all mm-hmm. important to people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a yoga therapist um, might be, it sounds like that, you know, the field has lots of room like yoga itself. So, you know, as I hear you describe this, I say, okay, well, we actually have yoga therapy going on all the time at our center. You know, so we have a teacher who comes in and teaches a yoga class um, about you know, dealing with low back pain. You know, we have that going on when <laughs> we have, you know, classes on, on pranayama and looking at the philosophy of, you know, how to change your, um, your mind, you know, your emotional orientation by understanding the effect of the gunas on the mind, you know, rooting out Thomas Guna, uh, cultivating Sattva Guna, that kind of thing. So, 
but it sounds like from listening to you that that someone who's specializing in yoga therapy, you know, might have a particular focus area. Would that be correct? Like somebody might be working in the field of, you know, closer to, um, I mean, although it would be a holistic picture, they might be focused on using the avenue of asana or they might be coaching like in a psychotherapy practice. How, How do we see yoga therapy show up? Okay, I'm going to say yes and no, and let me explain that. In some sense, you could say a yoga therapist, in some sense, it's a combination of a physical therapist, a psychotherapist, an MD, and a priest. (laughs) Yes. Uh Think of the different dimensions, okay? Uh, Yeah. So, So, for example, we now have standards for the training of yoga therapists. So the standards encompass all those areas as well as actually fundamentally classical yoga perspectives like you described. Like an MD. An MD gets a training in lots of different areas, but then they start to specialize. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of people who are, I'm going to call them physical therapists, occupational therapists, things like that, that are using yoga in their practice. Mm-hmm. And I think I... I mentioned elsewhere, the, the the most rapidly growing segment of our field appears to be mental health. Mm-hmm. Mental health practitioners wanted to bring yoga into their practice. Yeah. Um, some of the most famous classical or most famous studies on yoga as a therapy, however, dealing are dealing with things like heart disease. Famous mm-hmm. studies that Dean Ornis did, or even mm-hmm. prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, yoga is, I would say, yoga is first and foremost a mental health uh, discipline, okay? Mm-hmm. First and foremost a mental health discipline. And then there's all the, I'm going to use the word spiritual dimensions, but, but let's be pragmatic. I mean, that might be, you might be undergoing chemotherapy. You don't know if you're going to live or die, okay? You've got that issue. Or your wife may have just, or your spouse may have filed for divorce. So you've got to deal with that. So you've got all those different dimensions. And yoga has tools to work with all those different dimensions. Mm-hmm. 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 So how, um, I guess that's a, it's a really big question. You're like, how does someone, <laughs> how does someone train, you know, to have such a broad based approach? Um, yeah, I guess that, that would be my question. Okay. Well, somewhat controversial, but most of us would stress first you should be a well trained and well experienced yoga teacher. Okay. And and what do you mean by that? Um, uh, I mean, I, 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 you know, because there's different different um, ways of a lot, yeah. yoga teacher. Yeah, so I'm sure you get these questions all the time, John. So thank you for but, your patience. But they're real questions, but they're, but they're important questions because uh, uh, one of the real diverse, one of the real strengths of yoga, I'm going to say in America, because that's where we are, is the diversity in yoga. Okay. I mean to say diversity is a strength is a you know it's a common phrase, but it's really true in yoga because there's so many paths. You know, we say one mountain, many paths. Okay, mm-hmm. version of that that's so important for our field. So let's just say well trained in your lineage, okay, or well trained in an approach to yoga that resonates to you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some. You know, some approaches are more spiritual than others. Some are more athletic than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these different approaches. That's fine, okay? Mm-hmm. But you know, as, you know, we say dig a deep well, you know, shop mm-hmm. around, dig a deep well. So that's the first advice, at least for me, is to be well-established in your own yoga practice and as a yoga teacher. Okay? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
I like and, that definition yeah. very much. I mean, that's perfect because it allows for uh, depth of practice, which, you know, the tradition offers rather than, you know, digging a lot of shallow wells, trying to pull in a lot of information from a lot of different lineages. That, that's a perfect way. And we're going to have to pause for a break here in just a moment. So okay. um, if we could, we'll just pause there and then we'll come back to learning more about um, how someone trains um, to be a yoga therapist and um, what that means uh, and what is possible with it. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest John Hepner, and you can learn more about the International Association of Yoga Therapists at their website, which is IAYT, International Association of Yoga Therapists, IAYT.org. And we'll be right back with you. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. What if you could improve your health one decision at a time? Take that first step and join us each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central and learn from experts in integrative medicine. Awaken to Your Best Health is committed to supporting your personal health through cutting-edge research, education, and practical tips that you can put into place immediately. Make that decision for yourself by saying yes to health. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by John Kepner, who's Executive Director of the International Association of Yoga Therapists. And we've been talking about um, the, of course, the ancient tradition of yoga as a um, a philosophy and a practice for holistic healing, for um, for realizing the truth of what we are and being able to to uh, live a healthy life. And then some of its modern application and the way in which, in particular, this um, this association of yoga therapists is beginning to look at how we can. Um, no pun intended, position yoga <laughs> in, in the overall um, uh, landscape of complementary medicine and uh, the ways in which uh, the, the wisdom of yoga can be more available to people um, in their path of healing. And before the break, we were talking about um, how somebody becomes a yoga therapist. Um, and of course, part of the work of your association, uh, John, as I understand it, is, is working with standards and, and helping to define this field. And, um, before we, uh, had the break, you, you said that 
you know, the essential thing would be the foundation, which is somebody being well-trained or established in their own lineage and uh, in their own practice. That would be the foundation for someone uh, launching into the field of yoga therapy and that your association um, leaves a lot of room um, for the different lineages and the different approaches to yoga therapy. Did I get that right? That's true. That's true. Mm. Okay. Because there so are what, different okay. What else can go you ahead. say about, besides the foundation, then where would someone go from there? Okay. Now, there are more and more yoga therapy training programs out there. Okay. We have about 120 member schools with self-described yoga therapy training programs. Okay. They were all often taught in very different ways, with different lengths, different approaches. And everybody agreed that all the, the current most programs were way too short to really to provide professional training as a yoga therapist. Mm-hmm. So the short version of this long story is that we as a field got together, developed standards for the training of yoga therapists. And now, just now, we're starting to accredit programs that meet our standards, okay? Accreditation is a strong term in the regulatory world, and we intend to live live up to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a mixed bag, isn't it, John? <laughs> you know, it's um, uh, you know, it's yeah. so useful in terms of um, getting yoga to the table of uh, 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 the conversation and the um, what's available to people in terms of their health and their healing. Um, it's absolutely um, necessary, you know, to to have yoga have its rightful place at that table. But it also can have some uh, constraints. Um, you know, we, we, we don't really want to set yoga up, you know, where the, the, the cart is, you know, pulling the horse. <laughs> so, um, in other words, to have, um, you know, the, the, the protocols driving the intervention. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you've okay. had this piece of the conversation before, too, right? Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but there's sort of two things. One, as we all say, in a real sense, all yoga is, is therapeutic, okay? Mm-hmm. So we, we don't want to put barriers to people practicing yoga therapeutically, okay? In our modern healthcare system, we are looking for some standards that are credible to both seasoned yoga teachers and therapists, okay, our community, and credible to the healthcare systems that we interact with, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm going to call that one high level of standards, okay? That's not for everybody. All yoga teachers, with some experience, will encounter people with modest problems, and they will try to help them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. don't want to inhibit that, okay? But if you're a, a hospital or a VA system or something like that, you want somebody with some uh, credible credentials, okay? Mm-hmm. Or if somebody puts up a shingle and says describes themselves describes themselves as a yoga therapist, you'd like to know what's behind that that term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you even want to get in the door, you know, say to work in a VA hospital, right? Um, yeah. It's helpful to have that that kind of um, clout behind you that accreditation can bring. Yes, and they are, and the military military is looking for yoga therapists. They advertise for yoga therapists, and they have been begging us to come out with standards. Mm-hmm. Kind of surprising in some sense. That's the biggest customer, if you will, of our field is the military. Well, I'm not surprised just in terms of, <laughs> you know, the, the trauma that so yeah. many young people um, experience in our current situation and, you know, what yoga could do to help um, deal yeah. with that with that trauma. Um, so, so, so just say a little bit more about this accreditation process and, you know, 
what you've run into as the, you know, we have a, a sense of the pluses and, you know, do you see, are there have been them in drawbacks about that process as well? Well, yes. The credit standards at this level are expensive, okay, training. it Basically, it's a 1,000 hours, okay? It's mm-hmm. not based upon just hours. It's based upon competencies. Mm-hmm. But it has to have a, you have to have a minimum level of teacher training, and then you have to have a program that's at least 800 hours. So the total mm-hmm. is at least 1,000. So that's roughly, roughly at a professional master's degree. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, is there enough demand for well-trained yoga teachers, and will the income be high enough to support that level of training? Mm-hmm. That's the next frontier, if you will, is the economic viability the economic sustainability of yoga therapy as a profession. Because it's not a licensed field, it's not covered by insurance. We have all those, you know, we always work within an economic environment. So mm-hmm. I don't want to diminish those issues, okay? Mm-hmm. But to our surprise, we are having roughly twice as, we're having twice as many schools apply for accreditation already than we, that I personally anticipated. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, have, we, have 30, we have 36, so far we have 36 schools that have applied for accreditation. And that's, uh, so that's twice as many as, it's twice as many as we can handle. So. <laughs> that's so great. And, and I'm just curious, do you have, um, kind of like two streams or, you know, do they always come together? So, you know, we have, um, these schools of yoga, um, who are very focused on asana and the therapeutic value of um, posture and what can happen through hatha yoga. And then we have schools who are more focused on meditation and um, working with the mind. You know, do those come together in, in every yoga therapy practice? Or do you have, you know, say those who are working um, more in the therapy, uh, like mental health stream versus dealing with ailments. Do you have those two streams visible or do they always come together as one? Well, I would say just about every yoga therapy training program that I'm aware of tries to address all these different dimensions. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... it's Now, most students learn asana first, okay? Not all, but most learn that. And that's their go-to tool to start off with. Mm-hmm. But the schools themselves try to teach practices that can address all the different dimensions, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in real life, people will, or later on, they'll start to specialize, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the training standards cover both the physical side and the structural side. I mean, the, phys- the structural side and the physiological side, the psychological side, and hopefully the the fundamental part is the yoga or spiritual side. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that uh, makes sense, you know, in terms of if we're talking about a holistic um, approach, that it would include all of those levels. And I can see how a basic knowledge of all the levels would be viable. And then just like any uh, career path, that a person would then um, specialize in what their training or their approach was going to be. Right. Yeah, um, you know the standards are important, but that's only that's only part of things. I I don't like to don't want to overemphasize that because people tend to focus on that. We can talk about that more, but there are lots of other really exciting things that are going on that about developing the field that uh, hope can come out in this discussion this morning too. Absolutely. Um, well, let's let's just give our listeners a little more information about yoga therapy itself. You know, how does it really address um, experiencing radiant health and and balance? And so, you know, how how does it work? You know, how are the um, what are some of the methods that are used in yoga therapy, and what are some of the basic uh, interventions that a, a yoga therapist uh, would use, and you know how would they determine what interventions to use? Okay, some of this I can speak from my own experience. 
like I said, I practiced almost exclusively as a yoga therapist for almost 10 years. And I had a little studio behind my home that people could come in. So people would call for about back problems. Okay, that's what they would call about. Now, people know, they think they know, why they go see a physical therapist or a doctor or a psychologist or a, or a priest, but why would you go see a yoga therapist? They didn't know, but they would come anyway. <laughs> yeah. so, so we would work on practices that, it's a yoga practice, okay, it's a yoga practice. It's not just a back care practice, but the practice might relax their back, it might stretch their back, it might eventually strengthen their back, it might also improve their breathing, it might also reduce their stress, and as they became more comfortable with me, there might become a spiritual element, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a yoga practice designed for a person with all his or her dimensions, and there was an initial problem that they came for help for, in this case, back here. They're whole human beings. They're not just a back problem. So we tried to approach it that way in some logical, sequential way that was meaningful to that person. Mm-hmm. But now there are other programs that are for people with heart disease and they're for people with, uh, you know, mental health is an important issue. If you're for anxiety or depression, uh, breathing, fibromyalgia, you know. So you have both individuals that can work with people one-on-one and you have some group classes or sometimes called functional classes that are grouped around grouped around a certain disorder but recognizing that all the people in that group have their, all their, their own individual dimensions, okay? Mm-hmm. So the best way to do this is if, if a yoga therapist is used to working with individuals, they can work with their group class with a common condition, let's call it in this case back care or fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. but they also know how to recognize and work with individuals right on the spot who have different things that are presented or different considerations, okay? Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Yes, Absolutely. Okay, okay. So, okay. That's, and then it's, you know, finding a yoga therapist. Finding a yoga therapist is not easy because they're, as yet, you know, our standards have just started. So there's all sorts of things out there. So there's two ways to look for a yoga therapist. One is to go to our website and you can punch in your location and you can find people in your area that are members of our organization. There's, there, uh, and their qualifications right now vary widely. And the other is to ask around locally. Ask yoga teachers. And they, most yoga teachers will know local reputation. So ask around. Okay. Yeah. And, and then it's a matter, I think, of, um, Finding a match of, you know, someone, you know, not only somebody who can specialize in the area that you're looking at, but also um, where you have that um, connection and uh, you can, you, you can trust and, and be supported, you know, through your healing in that relationship. You know, I think one of the issues that, that comes up in, in these models of, um, alternative healing or um, I don't know if that's even the right way to say it. We, we should probably say foundational healing rather than alternative um, uh, or a, a complementary medicine. I think it's also um, important um, to, to have that, um, you know, to stay open to, you know, what our limits are in terms of working with people um, and, you know, making sure that um, people are getting all the support that they need. You know, for example, you know, yoga can be great in in supporting somebody with um, anxiety or even uh, depression disorders um, and helping them bring their lives into balance. But sometimes, you know, there are situations where there is a chemical, you know, imbalance and that person really does need medical support. 
so, um, you know, I would think that part of the training, you know, would also include helping people recognize, uh, you know, when to refer and, and what the, what the limits are. That is a fundamental part of the training. Okay. <laughs> to stay within your limits and also to refer and also to cultivate those type of professional relationships. So, you know, who to refer people to. Yeah, and then you have them referring to you as well. So it goes both ways. You know, they, right. they you have the medical doctors who, you know, you know, might be medicating someone, but just because someone is on a medication for depression doesn't mean that yoga wouldn't help them. You know, it absolutely would. So, um, you know, I think developing those professional relationships are really helpful. Right. The first thing the other professionals want to make sure is that you're not going to hurt their patients. Okay. Yeah. They want to have some confidence in you that you will, and that you won't be challenging them professionally and saying, "Get off those medications," you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think the, it goes the other way too. You know that if we're referring uh, to someone in the medical profession, we we want to make sure they're not going to hurt <laughs> our client as well. <laughs> so. Better stay away from that subject here. <laughs> That's a very important issue. It's an important subject, and it has to do, I think, you know, with taking our place uh, at the table as well. Um, So we're going to take a little break now, and and when we get back, um, we'll be talking a little more about uh, yoga therapy and looking at um, its its future and how it helps people towards um, health and well-being. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with our special guest today, John Kepner, Executive Director of the International Association of Yoga Therapy. We'll be right back. Okay. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour. Living the Eternal Way with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and my guest today is John Kepner. And um, we're going to conclude with trying to 
just wrap our arms around this really big topic of yoga therapy. And um, John, you've been executive director of the International Association of Yoga Therapists since 2003. And, and I, you know, from what I've seen the past two decades have been so important in this rising uh, awareness of yoga therapy and its application. And, you know, just looking from where I sit, um, m- you know, many reasons for that, you know, the wealth of teaching from the traditions of yoga and Ayurveda that have become available to us in the West and, you know, the great complexity of the times that we live in um, with so many new um, stressors on the body and the mind. And um, we see also that, you know, um, Western medicine makes such a tremendous contribution to health. Um, and But there are also many factors that complicate treatment that we we get in the western model so yoga therapy offers interventions um, that in some cases offer more benefit with less risk Um, but we've been talking about the importance of training for that and so um, i want to encourage people to go to your website at um uh, let me get my the initials right here um as i AYT.org, International Association of Yoga Therapists. And you can join the organization, um, even if you're not yet a yoga therapist and you're just interested, that will give you information about their conferences and also a subscription to their journal. And <laughs> one of the things you'll learn about in the journal is the re- research that's being done. So let's start there, John, with what, you know, what is the role of research today for this emerging field of yoga therapy? Okay, thanks for asking. In our society, the, the major institutions like healthcare and educational institutions, if they're going to incorporate another discipline into as a therapy, it has to be supported by conventional re- research. That's just the way it is, okay? Everybody that's practiced yoga for a long time knows that it's healthy, okay? And we have all sorts of advertisements out there about practicing yoga. But that's not enough. Our society, for better or for worse, has a well-established means of, I hate to say this, verifying the benefits of anything. And so there are people out there, and it's important to verify the benefits of yoga. In a measurable re- way. In a measurable in, in way. A measurable, right? In a measurable uh-huh. way. And all the researchers know that their measurements are very reductionist. They're keenly aware of this. They're all yoga practitioners. That's just the way that our system works. And it's okay as long as you see that that's only part of the system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it also opens uh, it opens some doors. You know, I just remember in my own family, for example, <laughs> that you know years ago when my when my mother was around, you know, I I had been teaching meditation for years, and um, you know she was supportive of me, but she wasn't that interested in it. And she she had a problem with high blood pressure, and she went to her her general practitioner, who said, you know, it would be really good for you to learn to meditate. And um, all of a sudden, my <laughs> my mother began, you know, became interested. Um, so I, I think you know when we do have research that shows um, things like you know people can normalize their blood pressure, you know, through a meditation practice, um, that that exposes more people to yoga. Exactly, exactly. Here, so that's but, one of the pillars of the field is research. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and you know that that it opens doors. It helps us, um, like we were talking earlier. Like, say, you know, you want to work with the veterans who are, you know, coming back from uh, Afghanistan. Um, you know, having some research that says, you know, the the interventions that you're going to offer, you know, have been proven um, to reduce uh, stress. Uh, and anxiety, you know, is is one way to get in the door to be able to do that work. Right. They want to know what's the evidence base. Okay. So, and IYT is, is trying to support that by, you know, we support an academic yoga research conference. It's really, it's certainly the only one in the West, and, and to some extent, it's the only one in the world. Although India is kind of a different animal. Um, but it's a whole other 
thing, but but one of the things that we do is by having an academic yoga research conference is to bring research researchers together. Researchers are people too, and mm-hmm. they need community too. And so mm-hmm. they need a place where they can connect, share their work, share their problems, and uh, and learn from each other. So I'm very proud of that. And we've got some researchers who are been really dedicated towards supporting this conference. I, and I want to acknowledge them. And you have two conferences. You have two conferences annually. One um, that is the yoga therapy uh, conference that is for practitioners. And I mean, I suppose anybody could go to either one. But then you have the other one that's focused on research itself. Is that right? Right. Our main conference is called the Symposium on Yoga Therapy and Research. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's for mm-hmm. practitioners, healthcare providers, yoga therapists. And for a would-be yoga therapist, okay? Mm-hmm. So many people write us and ask us, how do I become a yoga therapist? And essentially I say, shop around a lot before you dig a deep well. And mm-hmm. the best way to do that, after joining IYT and reading the publications, is to come to a conference where you will meet hundreds of people with the same questions you have, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, invest in making a decision. Yeah, it's so. I'm so um, delighted with the work that you're doing, John, to to make to raise up this field and um, to to make it, um, you know, more viable for people uh, as a vocation um, and a career path. Um, uh, it's it's a wonderful um, avenue um, because we need uh, you know more um, support for people's holistic healing and especially in the West. So this is a, a wonderful uh, work that you're doing in in your own um, experience. You know, as a yoga therapist, what kind of person is most likely to benefit from yoga therapy? Okay, it's a person that wants to take some responsibility for their own healing. Okay? Mm-hmm. If wants to do that and will do that, okay? Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to do that. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there are some people who say, just give me a pill, right? <laughs> yeah. They just do. Give me- Operate on my, you know? Yeah. I've, I've yeah. had people that said, you know, I'd rather, you know, insurance will cover my operation for my back. Mm-hmm. I'll just do mm-hmm. that instead of pay out of my pocket for yoga practice yeah and and sometimes that works but a lot of times you know what you just see is that um people can end up with the same problem or worse you know than than before and and that's really heartbreaking so um but i totally agree that with yoga uh, however, your emphasis is in yoga, in the yoga that we teach at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment with Kriya Yoga. Um, you know, the main factor, of course, is the interest, the commitment, the enthusiasm of the practitioner, you know, the openness to healing and growing and transforming. Um, in our last minute, John, tell us, um, if you could, in a couple of sentences, you know, what, what your dream is for yoga therapy um, for the future, um, what it can mean to have have this field blossom. Okay, I'm going to use the image of a toothbrush, okay? <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> nowadays, everybody wouldn't think of leaving their house without brushing their teeth for dental, their oral hygiene. So think of yoga practice as a little mental hygiene, okay? So if everybody would do a little yoga, just like using their toothbrush, keep their minds, you know, support their mental health as well as the physical health. That would be the best thing. Everybody does a little yoga in their own way at different stages of their life. They would do different things. Beautiful. A little yoga every, we could say a little yoga every day goes a long way. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, John, for joining me today. I've just uh, really enjoyed our conversation, learning more about what you're doing at the International Association of Yoga Therapists. And um, I want to encourage our listeners to go to your website, which is iayt.org. And we're going to be uh, continuing our series on um, 
healing uh, and yoga. And next week, I'm going to be joined by Mirabai Starr, a yogini, uh, an author, adjunct professor of philosophy and world religions at the University of New Mexico in Taos. And um, we're going to be focusing on deep healing uh, as it was expressed by St. John of the Cross, the dark night of the soul and the spiritual awakening process. Um, if you're tuning in uh, on time rather than the archive, I want to make you aware that uh, next weekend at CSE, uh, we will be honored to be joined by my guru, Roy Eugene Davis, um, who will be offering programs in Kriya Yoga. And that is, um, you can get more information at csecenter.org. Org, csecenter.org, and you can find out about other yoga programs that we offer. And remember to subscribe to Yoga Hour through iTunes. It's free. Share it with your friends. I look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, remember to let your inner light, li- your inner light shine brightly into the world and to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Thanks again, John. It was really delightful to chat with you this morning. My pleasure. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women. The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Rev. Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Rev. Joan Gattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. 
Enrich Your Prayer Life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 